everyone. Welcome back to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1992 Disney movie musical Newsies one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. Last time... <laughs> previously on... <laughs> previously on Newsies Minute... Things went places in, in so many different ways. <laughs> things did go in very many different places. But now we're at minute 15. Yes. I have that it starts with the boys finish watching the woman walk by. Yep. And I have that it ends. We, we differed a little bit on this. I have it ends with victory means everything said by Joseph Pulitzer. You have when I create. Yeah. When I create. Yeah. Yeah, halfway through that line. Um, so before we get to Pulitzer, yep. Uh, my first note is all caps: "Baby born with tree heads." <laughs> That's right. Racetrack wanders <laughs> off, inflating yeah. his. Uh, I think it was headline. I think it was not racetrack that says that. I think it's Specs that says that. It was Specs. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So chomping some of racetrack's flavor there. Yeah, adding a head. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One of my favorite running things in this movie is headline inflation. Yes, and like, uh, what it's it's coming up in 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 a couple minutes here. But like, when he's like, uh, millions flee, flaming whatever, and it's like yeah. there was a garbage fire with the pigeons, big conflagration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That that kind of thing really really tickles me. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything else for the newsies scene? No. My okay. first note is. Hey, it's Pulitzer. <laughs> I have uh, an interesting um, cinematic note, which sure. is rare for me. Okay. Uh, we pulled up from the street to what reminded me of like a, Mary, a scene from Mary Poppins, because I think of similar time period. Sure. But to a literal golden dome mm-hmm. and, and, and established that that is where Joseph Pulitzer is. So it's, it's a very deliberate, like, these kids are on the street. Yep. Now let's go see where, where another character is. He's in this golden palace on the top of the world, mm-hmm. so to speak. Actually on the top of the world. Correct. I have a uh, trolley strike drags on for third week. Uh, read in the best way. Like, there's no other way to read trolley strike drags on for third week than how Robert Duvall yeah. reads it in this way. Yeah. Does it bother you the way it bothers me that because of the angle of the camera... As he's got his, he's got the newspaper up in the magnifying glass, and as he's reading it, the magnifying glass is not highlighting the word that he's saying. I'm sure that to him, looking at it straight on, it's right. trolley strike drags on for third week. Right. But because the camera is slightly off to the right, he's saying trolley and it says strike. <laughs> he's tracking. Or he's saying strike and it's saying trolley. I can't remember which direction it went, but yeah, yeah, it's tracking. Wrong, and it has bothered me for decades. I haven't noticed that, but now I will forever. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's not. It's really frustrating. <laughs> um, so then I have uh, the juxtaposing journal uh, headline, which was mm-hmm. "Nude Corpse on Rail on Rails Not Connected to Trolley Strike," which is such a brilliant headline for how to make a sensationalist thing out of nothing. Yep. Nude corpse. I mean, not related to the thing. It's Victorian clickbait. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have some big copy pasted paragraphs. Okay. The first one is Robert Duvall. Okay. Uh, he plays Pulitzer. He does. His top three is apparently The Apostle, where he plays a character called The Apostle EF. 
Okay. And I clicked on it. I was like, maybe I'm, maybe it's like E.F. Bailey or something. Like maybe that's his first initials or whatever. Uh-huh. And then the IMDb for the Apostle just says that his character's name is the Apostle E.F. So okay. I don't and know. And that's one of his top roles? Yep. Never even heard of that movie. The next one is Apocalypse Now, where he played Lieutenant Colonel Bill Kilgore. Okay. Apocalypse Now is the uh, movie version of that book that Heart we of had. Darkness. Heart of Correct. Darkness. Yeah. It's a classic but movie. The role that he played was not was Kurtz the Kurtz name wa- in the book and and the movie and, and that was movie. played by uh, Marlon Brando. Okay, that's there. okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was making sure that I was not wildly misremembering when we were forced to read that book and watch that movie. Right, and of course, Heart of Darkness is not set in Vietnam, and Apocalypse Now is. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I, I, it'll shock you so much to hear that I disliked both the book and the movie um, and remember very little of them. They were both, they both felt very overblown to me in a number of ways. Yeah. In the ways that like big overblown war movies were in the 70s. Yeah. Where like Vietnam was like just over. Like, yeah. I think, I think the apocalypse now was like 76. Yeah. And Vietnam was over, I think in 74. So like, whoa. So like yeah. we were we were thinking long and hard about Vietnam. <laughs> we were working through some things. Correct. And then the third one is he played uh, Tom Hagen in The Godfather, uh, okay. which is uh, another Marlon Brando movie. Yeah. Weirdly, um, he plays Don Corleone's consigliere, uh, okay. his, basically his lawyer, his cons- his consultant, uh, Tom Hagen. The big thing about that is that he is Irish and everyone else is Italian. So okay. like, they trust him to be cool and like. Lawyer confidentiality is a big thing. He sets up a bunch of like deals and stuff like that. James is explaining this to me because he tried to get me to watch The Godfather once and I got bored and went home. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so I don't, I know like the big pop culture references, yeah. but I don't know specifics about that movie. I'm going to say it right here and uh, you can definitely at me at Unabashed James. The book is better than the movie. Okay. Um, I mean, they almost always are though. They. I mean, the book encapsulates both godfather one and two and two is supposed to be great and i've never seen two i know everyone is dropping their whatever you're supposed to two is like supposed to be like really really great and then three is supposed to be a huge train wreck uh also he was nominated for best supporting actor four times and best actor three times he won i think best supporting actor in 1983 for the movie tender mercies which i've never heard of yeah but he is an oscar winning actor Mm -hmm. he played Oh, uh, My Neighbor in Sterling Painted His House is another one of my notes. Okay. Um, I confirmed that with my mom while I was taking these notes. He lives around here. He lives, I think, in like rural Northern Virginia. Yeah, he's in like Middleburg. Yeah. Um, he's He lives on like a horse farm. Yeah. He's like really into horses. My friend, uh, my our neighbor, Jeff, who I don't think they live there anymore, painted his house. And my mom said he said he was a nice man. I'm sure he is. Uh, I said, this guy is gigantic because look at his credentials. And his first confirmed acting role on IMDb was in 1960. Okay. Uh, he has one from 1956, but he's uncredited and un, like unnamed, but he's in okay. this other thing. Okay. So that's Robert Duvall. Sure. Now, who was Joseph Pulitzer? I have many paragraphs, but I'm going to summarize. Okay, summarize for us. In this movie, Joseph Pulitzer is the villain. Yes. The antagonist. At, at, at kindest, he's the antagonist. Yes, I I would say he's the. I mean, he's pretty villainous, right? As far as you know, Disney movies go, right? I mean, he's not actively murdering anybody, right? 
like a lot of Disney cartoon villains, weirdly. Mm-hmm, weirdly, yeah. But yeah. He's the same he's basically the same role as as the old banker guy in Mary Poppins that mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke played. He's sure. the same. It's it's just less it's white facial hair versus brown facial hair. Sure. So but Joseph Pulitzer the dude, um, and my historical people can correct me on this. Uh, seemed like a pretty legit guy. Yeah? He was born in 1847, Joseph Pulitzer in uh, Czechless, uh, Hungary. Okay. He was born in Hungary. He, his parents, like, basically moved around. His father was a respected businessman, blah, 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 blah. He moved to Boston in 1864 when he was 17 years old. Okay. Because... Um, he was paid by Massachusetts military recruiters who were seeking soldiers for the American Civil War. Okay. But then he got here and he basically, he learned that the recruiters were pocketing most of the money of the bounty that he had was promised. So he was like, fuck that noise. He went, he left D- the Deer Island recruiting station and went to New York where he was paid $200 to enroll in the New York, uh, in the Lincoln Cavalry. So he, he fought in the Civil War. On the Northern side. On the Northern side. Which he would have been... In Massachusetts, anyway, right. Okay. So he he was he was on the just making sure we know which side he was on in this war that he had literally no stake in. Correct. He served for eight months. Okay. Um, he spoke three languages: German, Hungarian, and French. And then he learned very little English until after the war because his regiment was mostly composed of German immigrants. Okay. In 1883, he purchased the New York World from Jay Gould for three hundred and forty-six thousand dollars. Where did he get that money? Uh, I don't know. Okay. It doesn't. It prob. It probably said I was sort of selectively copying and pasting. Okay. Um, it had been losing forty thousand dollars a year when he bought it. Uh, to raise circulation, he emphasized sensational stories like human interest, crime, disasters, and scandal. So things like baby born with two heads, Correct. big conflagration, yeah, nude corpse found on tracks. Except that wasn't his paper. Correct. Um, Should have been. In 1884, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives from New York as a Democrat. Oh. He served from March 4th, 1885 until April 10th, 1886. He resigned halfway through his term due to the pressure of journalistic duties. So basically, he was too good a newspaper man to keep on being a congressman, which is cool. He recruited famous investigative journalist Nellie Bly in 1887. Okay. So hiring women in the workplace in the 1880s. Sure. Uh, in 1895, uh, the world introduced The Yellow Kid, which was one of, if not the first comic strip. Okay. In the Sunday uh, things, the Sunday papers. Um, Charles A. Dana, the editor of the uh, New York Sun, I guess after Day gave it up. Dana was an editor of the New York Sun. Okay. Uh, was a big anti-Semitic uh, asshole. Okay. Who called him Judas Pulitzer. Uh which was at the time a big a big diss and also a this guy's a Jew killed Jesus sort of kind of uh, muckraking, okay. which sucks. Yeah. It says uh, Pulitzer had an uncanny knack for appealing to the common man. The world featured illustrations, advertising, and a culture of consumption for working men who Pulitzer believed saved money to enjoy life with their families when they could at Coney Island, for example. Uh, crusades for reform and news of entertainment were the two main staples of the world, which is crazy because in the next the next paragraph in the Wikipedia article, it says, despite this knack, Pulitzer, along with William Randolph Hearst, were the cause of the newsboy strike. So basically, he was like all about the people, man of the people, right. made it, you know, pulled him up, himself up by his bootstraps, and then basically 
made a bad for this newsboy strike. Like, yeah. he just sort of screwed up, um, which is which is uh, wild. Well, and the strike itself was only, it only lasted for like two weeks. Right. Um, so in the grand scheme of his career, right. if Disney hadn't made this movie, probably nobody would think of him as a bad guy. Correct. And he has the Pulitzer Prize named after him. Um, yeah. And, the, and yet here I am sitting here 36 years old. And since I was 10, I have thought of Joseph Pulitzer as being just one of the worst humans on the planet. Right. It says... Uh, before the because demise of this stupid because movie. of this Disney new movie musical, um, it says that before the demise of the paper in 1931, many of the best reporters in America worked for it. No citation about what they mean or who they're talking about, but and then the last thing I have is after the world exposed an illegal payment of 40 million dollars by the United States. Wow! To the French Panama Canal Company in 1909. That's so much money now. Yeah. That's so much money back then. Pulitzer was indicted for libeling Theodore Roosevelt and J.P. Morgan, and the courts dismissed the indictments because they weren't libelous, it sounds like. Yikes. That uh, makes me sad, too, because because of this movie, I've always thought of Teddy Roosevelt as being a real stand-up guy. Uh, I think Teddy Roosevelt was a lot like Jack Kelly, and I think that, that this movie sort of makes that comparison, too. It's like, he's charming, and like brave and like kind of a cool dude and also kind of a jock asshole like yeah. simultaneously like save the uh the national parks i'm going to create the national parks so that we preserve this wildlife so i can hunt it yeah it's like i mean i think teddy roosevelt was legit like a cool dude and sure. also a jag yeah Okay, so well, I, it is possible for two things to be true. Two things can be true. Hearst, I also have a whole bunch of stuff about him. I can I can basically sum it up. Uh, Kane in Citizen Kane was based on Hearst, so kind of a like power hungry, political, tried to like take over stuff. Okay, dude, I know nothing about right. Citizen Kane, so um, th- this probably means something to some of our listeners. Citizen Kane, the story of Citizen Kane is. Guy starts a news or like takes over a newspaper, then goes power hungry mad. Citizen Kane, the one about the sled. Yes. Okay. Um, and also regrets like his childhood, his lost childhood sled. Um, spoilers for the one of a very very old movie. Um, my last note is basically um, oh he did Hearst Castle, which is in California. It's this cool. Uh oh um, Chris Hardwick. Do you know who Chris Hardwick is? Mm-hmm. He's married to Lydia Hearst, who is. The, like the Hearst family still exists. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Chris Hardwick is married to Lydia Hearst, and I think they live in Hearst Castle. Patty Hearst was one of like like one of the most cited cases of like Stockholm syndrome, right? Correct. Like when you talk about Stockholm syndrome, a lot of the time you're talking about. I think Stockholm may be like where she was diagnosed as. I think it's her case was was formative yeah. of that. That's me speaking based on knowing nothing. Yeah, she's. She was a descendant of his, but not his daughter. I think she, she was his granddaughter. Granddaughter. Okay, I was going to say she came a right. little later. Right. So the the her like being part of the bank robberies and stuff was like the seventies. Okay, that's what I thought. And I like, was thinking sixties, right? Okay. And maybe late sixties. Yeah. Um, Hearst publications do still do stuff like Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Um, the last thing I have is both Pulitzer and Hearst were congressmen. Pulitzer served the 9th District from 1885 to 1886, as I mentioned, and he left to be a good newspaper guy. Mm-hmm. Hearst served the 11th district from 1903 to 1907. He stayed a congressman for as long as he could because 
I think of Hurst as kind of a, he's sort of the villain uh, in my mind, based on my scant Wikipedia research. Okay. So uh, we're going to have more boardroom sort of stuff next week, but uh, I thought we'd get an idea. I thought it was really interesting that it turns out Pulitzer may have been, at least for the time, kind of a, a good guy. Yeah. But that this movie kind of drags his his whole thing through the mud. Yeah. Which is sort of a weird thing. Yeah, makes him just seem, honestly, kind of not, like, in addition to being kind of a bad guy, he doesn't, and maybe it's the way Robert Duvall is playing him. Yeah. He doesn't come across as particularly well-spoken mm. or smart. I mean, he clearly is, like, he's clearly, you know, a businessman, but I'm sure that that was Robert Duvall doing the, like, the children who are the target audience of this will not be able to understand a Hungarian accent, probably. Sure. So right. he did, he chose to do a thing with his voice. Right. That was probably not entirely historically accurate. Right. But it was a very clear character choice. Right. And it makes him appear almost addled. Yeah, like, I was going to say, like a dementia sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, based on this movie, I assumed that... Joseph Pulitzer, like, had a, a touch of the dementia. Right. Yeah. Um, and and Seitz seems to be the one who has his buddy, his, uh, like, I guess he's got, like, two right-hand men, Seitz yeah. and... Lumiere. Jonathan. I'm pretty <laughs> right. sure the guy's name is Jonathan. And honestly, he's, like, a white version of Jonathan from 30 Rock. Yeah. Like, and looks like him. Yeah. Acts like him. I, I think of them as Cogsworth and Lumiere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, also Jonathan from 30 Rock is absolutely apt. I'm looking forward to doing some bios next week. Seitz is my favorite. Yeah, I'm, he's one of my favorite adult characters. Yeah. Denton counts as a, as a kid. Oh, does he? Because he's on Team Kid. He is on Team Kid. But, but Seitz kind of is too, though. Seitz is, is God, every Seitz time he says... sitting right on the fence. Every time he says Chief, it's so funny. Yeah. God, it's so good. So Seitz has a good line in this. Yep. Uh, where he's like, he, this is a paraphrase, as will become evident very quickly. Bro, you spend a whole lot of money fighting Hearst. You're losing, you're bleeding money. Yeah. And uh, then Pulitzer compares it to a war, which uh -huh. he fought in a war. Not for very long. Sure. But war is hell, and that's fine. But He fought in the war for about as long as he was a politician. Correct. He was actually a politician for just a little, yep, about about the same. Yep. So, yeah, I think um, Sites is, I'm excited, I think we we'll do Sites. I'm psyched to do Sites on Monday. All right. If you want to tell us more about what a good guy Hearst was, if you have- Pulitzer. Yeah, yeah, no, if you want to tell us more about what a good guy Pulitzer was and tell us about what a dirtbag Hearst was, because yep. boy, did that guy suck, I guess. Or if, or if I'm completely wrong. Please tell me if I'm completely wrong. I would love to know that I'm just wrong. I kind of hope you are because yeah. my world is a little bit rocked right now. Yeah. Everything that I learned as a child is turning out to be a lie. I kept being like scrolling down, like looking for the headline, becomes a dirtbag. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Newsies Minute or individually. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. And I guess we're going to see you guys next week. Yep, but until then, soak him for crutchy. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.